0: hello and welcome to the new lines podcast i'm Ola salem and this is a podcast where we delve into some of the biggest ideas events and personalities in the middle east and beyond so today i've managed to steal the mic for my smarter colleagues at new lines uh, to deliver what i hope will be an interesting discussion about christmas uh, we'll try to keep it entertaining and light, and you know, keep you company while you're wrapping gifts or baking cookies, or just while you're procrastinating at work. Um, and with me today is Karim Shaheen, who's the Middle East editor at New Lines, and Riada Akil, who's a contributing editor with us at New Lines as well. Welcome both, and thank you for joining me.
1: Thank you. Hi for us. Thanks
0: for having us. Yeah. So um, I want to start by talking about. Santa Claus and celebrating Christmas in Muslim homes uh, because the three of us are uh, Muslims and the three of us are also living in the West. So I wanted to see what your ideas were of Santa Claus and if he's halal or not because there's some debate online about that. OK, Karim, do you want to go or?
2: Uh, you you go first, I'll, I'll go after you.
1: Sure. Uh, well, I grew I mean, I live in the West right now, but I grew up in the Balkans and that part of Southeastern Europe was always home to heterogeneous Muslim communities who lived among different communities of Christians as well, whether Orthodox or Catholic. And of course, today we're talking about holidays, so I will skip the politics of the Balkans and focus on the nice parts of that religious cohabitation. Uh, but, you know, as I grew up in that country that was called Yugoslavia then, and I was born in mid eighties, um, you know, I, I never celebrated Christmas with its religious content uh, and religious context. But um, as usual, because of these different people who live together, different generations had to adapt to political circumstances of their time. In Titoist Yugoslavia, religion was repressed and public celebrations of religious holidays were at least officially not happening. But people always hung out together and celebrated. And I think it was always a personal and family choice how one would behave with neighbors and colleagues and cousins in, in case of mixed um, marriages, so family. So while I never celebrated Christmas per se, uh, there was always New Year's tree in my home. Um, we would always look forward to presents, which would be given on December 31st. Um, So it was kind of celebration of New Year's. And um, I do have photos with Santa Claus for my childhood daycare. Um, We would decorate the tree um, as a fun event and there would be fun plans or social gatherings as integral elements of New Year's celebration. We would eat turkey and have fun, but it was not Christmas um, in, in terms of the Christian religious content and context. I did, of course. Afterwards, I lived in France and United States during college, so I did learn about Christmas in the West experience, if I may call it that way. And one year, I remember I spent a whole month in Texas in December when um, I couldn't go home and an American friend invited me. So I learned a lot of traditions that vary within this country as well, that are both regional or family-based, I guess. And I had mostly fun and welcoming experiences with people who knew that I was Muslim and Uh, respected and, you know, they wanted to learn the way that I wanted to learn about their traditions. But considering that you asked about Santa and I mean, of course, we'll talk about the, the Muslims celebrating Christmas part. I also lived in Turkey between 2011 and 2017, where Christmas is not illegal and secular Turks also celebrate New Year. But there were, I remember at the time, because I also wrote about it, at least in 2015, some hardcore conservative Islamist groups that organized annual protests against uh, Christmas trees and Santa Claus costumes. So there were definitely, in at least in those years, uh, debates always um, popping up at this time of the year on whether Muslims should celebrate New Year. Um, and, you know, there would be these very... Um, allegedly pious activists who would march with a poster saying Muslims don't celebrate Christmas and they would see it as a Western imposition and contrary to Islamic culture, which could damage the faith of our Muslim community. And then that would escalate on the social media in all directions. And some people would point at the perceived hypocrisy of religious conservatives uh, who don't pay attention to corruption or other things that might be going on in those societies, but who obsess with um, New Year celebrations, or then there would be other people who would say, well, wait, you're conflating New Year celebration with Christmas. Those are two different things. And um, and they are different things. And and of course, um, we can talk about that part of Muslim celebrating Christmas. But to wrap it up in terms of the Santa part, uh, I think it was also funny that that these demonstrations against Santa would happen in a country which, uh, Turkey, which in 2017 uh, was all over the news uh, about an intact tomb that uh, has been found underneath Saint Nicholas Church in the Demir district uh, of Turkey's southwest province of Antalya, and basically that Church of Saint Nicholas is a popular destination for pilgrims as the site of Saint Nicholas' final resting place. Even though, um, you know, they nobody really knows where exactly are all his Remnants, uh, but Demre was built on the ruins of Myra, where Saint Nicholas was thought to have lived in the fourth century. And until two thousand seventeen, his bones, uh, the bones of Saint Nicholas, were believed to be in Bari, in Italy. But there was this new study, and Turkey was kind of saying, "We're going to be the main site, uh, where everybody will be coming. Santa Claus tomb is here," and um, it was just very interesting how there were different factions within society trying to both kind of you know um own santa in a way but then disown it and and it's an ongoing um thing that reflects kind of just different um fissures in 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 that society in different currents so yeah that's um that's i mean obviously now i know i I think of santa now differently than uh, when i was a kid obviously uh but um yeah i don't i have fun photos with santa and um i think it's um interesting to to see how it changes in different
0: uh, societies and cultures that's interesting because like i was reading online how um it's believed that santa originated from turkey or mm-hmm. you know is from mm-hmm. turkey mm-hmm. um and that it's It's interesting how that came about, to be honest. Um, and Kareem, you actually um, edited a piece that we ran about Jesus being Turkish?
2: Uh, no, I didn't, but I did cover the uh, the santa Claus um, uh, the discovery of the of the burial chamber of uh, potentially Santa Claus. Under the church in Turkey, I was there at the ah. time we went and I uh, visited the church uh, uh, with one of the uh, archaeologists who was in charge of the digs. Cool. Um, yeah, it was it was amazing, and and also you know Turkey is also supposed to be the um, the site of uh, potentially you know near Çanakkale is supposed to be the uh, the site of the Battle of Troy uh, as well, and uh, uh, and I was uh, I was able to visit the site there um, that uh, you know purports to be the site of Homer's Iliad and, and to visit it with the archaeologists there. So it's always. Um, uh, you know, the, the, the main thing about the whole, you know, not celebrating Christmas thing, um, you know, ignores uh, a big chunk of the history of, uh, of a civilization, you know, or, or, or of a nation or of a country, because, uh, because there's a whole thing, you know, that existed prior to the existence of Islam in, in a lot of our, uh, you know, countries, particularly those that have been, uh, you know, around for a few thousand years. Um, My my general approach to the idea that you shouldn't celebrate Christmas uh, is um, uh, H.L. Mencken's quote uh, about Puritanism, uh, which is that uh, it's the haunting fear that someone somewhere may may be happy. Um, And I think that that's that's the the key reason uh, that uh, that I tend to, uh, you know, uh, intended to when I was younger to reject the idea that, you know, you can't celebrate uh, with other cultures and other faiths, uh, you know, their own holidays. Um, I, uh, you know, I grew up in a, in a mostly, uh, you know, in Dubai. So, you know, it was mostly surrounded by Muslims. Uh, we didn't celebrate Christmas as a family, you know, we had their own holidays, uh, but you know, Dubai is very conspicuous about celebrating, uh, you know, international holidays like Christmas, like Valentine's day, um, and others as well. Uh, and so, you know, there was always something, uh, that was going on around, uh, the theme of Christmas, you know, in December. And uh, and I, you know, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh, I did, um, you know, when I was working at a newspaper, uh, I would take on Christmas shifts because I understood that, you know, uh, other members of the team that were from abroad, you know, wanted to uh, go and spend Christmas with their families uh, and, and their loved ones. So um, so I often volunteered for that particular duty. Um, and I didn't really celebrate it until uh, I think 2012. Uh, when I had the opportunity to, a friend who was, uh, you know, he, he was Muslim and his wife was, was atheist, I think. So they, you know, they weren't really separating it out of religious conviction. But they, they lived in Brussels and, uh, and they invited me, I was living in Europe at the time, they invited me to come spend Christmas with them. Uh, and I did. And uh, we spent the, uh, you know, Christmas Eve out on the complace, which is the, the big central square. Uh, it's just a gorgeous place in, in Brussels. And uh, they have an incredible light show. Uh, we had a lovely, uh, night together filled with Belgian chocolates. and uh, the next day we had, uh, we had a, you know, Christmas, uh, lunch that was, um, uh, you know, probably the best Turkey I've ever had. Uh, and since then I was, a, I was a convert to the cause of celebrating Christmas. Um, I, uh, you know, started having my own Christmas tree in, uh, I would say 2015, uh, when, uh, my then fiance told me that, you know, picking out a Christmas tree and and decorating it was a ritual that, uh, that she really enjoyed doing with her, with her uh, mother who who had passed away a few years earlier. And so I went out and got the Christmas tree and, uh, and been in love with the traditions ever since Um, I go pick out the Christmas tree uh, every year. Um, And, uh, and there's, there's a whole, it's just, it's, it's, it is a bit of a logistical nightmare because of all the things that you have to put together, uh, you know, to make it uh, so that, um, uh, you know, so that it's, it's basically the way that uh, those who are celebrating with you celebrated before so you can have you know homages to their own traditions but while also developing your own traditions along the way as a family
0: oh that's so interesting so basically your wife introduced you to you know the whole traditional getting the tree and decorating it and
2: Yes, yes. There, there were a few. Uh, she introduced me to that. She introduced me to the idea of uh, Christmas stockings, you know, where you have to have these uh, these little individual delightful gifts that, uh, you know, don't, co- don't cost too much, but kind of continue to, uh, you know, keep the spirit alive throughout. Uh, she introduced me to a lot of the Christmas carols um, and, uh, you know, obviously the, the gift exchange and uh, the way you decorate the tree uh,
0: yeah. and
2: all of that. Uh, so, yeah, it, uh, it was all her.
0: Oh wow! So yeah, I mean, you you've just reminded me of the uh, that viral tweet last year by um, someone. His name is Mohammed Hussein, so it's at Mohammed Hussain. and basically how he celebrated Christmas last year, and it was his first time celebrating it. And he tweeted um, a thread of all his observations. Uh, do you? Do you both? Did you both come across it? I did. Yeah. 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 It's basically like he's just, you know, his first observation was that Christmas is a part time job uh, that you have from mid November to the end of December. And there's actually a lot that goes into it. And one of the things that cracked me up is he was talking about how expensive tree ornaments are and how difficult it is to kind of just get the tree together. Uh, Kareem, have you experienced that when it's, you were decorating your tree?
2: Yeah, it's it's precisely, I mean, he's he's spot on at everything. It is it is a part-time job. Um, you know, here in Canada, we actually had um, uh, a, a shortage of Christmas trees this year um, because apparently, you know, supply due to chain. The, well, uh, so, so apparently due to the pandemic, a lot more people were wanting to have natural Christmas trees, you know, and, and we have, uh, you know, a huge uh, Christmas tree industry here in Quebec and they ship it. You know across the border to the states as well so uh you know they have they have demand within uh the country as well as uh, you know across the border uh so you had to you always have to kind of get your christmas tree uh you know please put an order in uh you know sometime in november uh, and then go pick it up or have it delivered uh you know in early december and, and sort of maintain it and take care of it uh until sometime in January which is when they go around collecting it you know for composting uh, you have to uh, you know the like our favorite so there's something called the Christmas logs uh, mm. you know the bouche de noël it's like uh, uh, it's basically a and I probably pronounce it in French wrong uh, but it's essentially a long log of, of chocolate and cake and and lots of incredible things uh, and the best place that does it in Montreal uh, you know uh, they, they, uh, they go out of stock within about 24 hours of actually opening up the the place for orders so you have to you have to kind of put in an order for the christmas logs you know in mid-november um you know the the ornaments you have to you have to kind of go and collect them and sometimes you can keep some of the you know kind of the crappier ornaments you know the the ones that uh are bit cookie cutter you know the golden balls and, and stars and whatever you can keep those and kind of use them every year but you always have to get you know special ornaments for special occasions and you know if you have any guests and uh, and all of that. Um, and and that's you know, and then you have to uh, kind of make sure you've got all the presents. you've got enough stocking stuffers for everyone. if there are kids, you gotta figure out make sure that that all the stuff is getting shipped at the right time. you know, if you were shopping during the Christmas season this year, you must have gotten uh, you know a ton of emails from people uh, just uh, you know from from retailers telling you to make sure you order before a set date so that you can actually get the stuff on time and god forbid that you actually have to go to you know an actual physical retailer and get stuff close to christmas uh it's it, it is a huge uh, it is a huge job
0: it is true i mean like from the beginning of december to the end uh we kind of boycott going to the, like outside uh unless we really <laughs> have to because it's uh, yeah it's just crowded everything's crowded everything's pretty much sold out as well so it's uh Really, it's a difficult task to do any shopping in this uh, in this month. But I yeah. I just saw that in in 2011, according to the Business Insider, uh, Americans spent six billion dollars on Christmas decoration. Th- this was like ten years ago, wow. so I don't even know how much it was um, most recently. But yes, yeah, it's, it's a it's it's huge.
2: And a good percentage of them were spent in my house. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but, you, but you know
1: what's so interesting before we go back to Muslims celebrating Christmas, what you, Kareem, mentioned? You know, like um, every time, especially around these days when I would see a car with a tree on top, I would think, oh my God, how many trees get cut each year? What happens to them after Christmas? And I actually. Research that for the first time this year. And it was so interesting for me to, you know, realize or to learn that uh, while there are still traditions of cutting the tree from a natural national forest or wherever, most trees are now farmed. So some, that's the reason why some people do not see this as against nature. But then I learned about some very creative entrepreneurial endeavors, for example, renting Christmas trees there are literally companies in apparently California and Oregon, more more so on the west coast of the United States. And I learned that there are some in Europe as well, where basically you can rent the tree. um, And, you know, it comes potted and has watering instructions, and then you bring it back. And then you can even re-rent it next year. And it's returned usually to a growing site nearby. And um, it was so interesting to just You know, to read about these conversations also, are rental trees better for the environment or... what about the artificial trees? And I'm not going to lie. I do have a tree in my house right now and it's artificial. And I thought I was doing the nature, you know, a, a favor, but I also read that the artificial tree, um, you know, uh, it says that basically ca- according to the carbon trust, uh, it says they aren't so bad, but if you can bear to keep them for at least seven and preferably 20 years, oh, because wow. an artificial tree will have an average carbon footprint of 40 kilograms, which is about 10 times that of a real, tree which will eventually be chipped so long story short um you know i even learned that you know in estonia uh, in in the u.s national forests give you a permit and a small fee that's payable but in estonia you can find your own tree in a state forest and then you tell the government via an app and they send you the price so uh that was you know so amazing to just read about this part of the Christmas tradition because I was thinking about the environment and um, basically it just depends where the tree goes afterwards is it dumped into a landfill or will it how will it decompose so long story short there are some very creative um, you know initiatives about what uh, people do with Christmas trees and what happens with them afterwards but this rental tree was so interesting to me
2: That is is really interesting. I mean, we have here, I mean, the ones that I know of, they're, you know, family businesses, essentially, that grow Christmas trees just takes, uh, you know, a while for them to actually grow. And, and, um, uh, you know, because the last few years there has been growing demand for natural Christmas trees, but, you know, it's also affected by by the weather, right? So the early frost, uh, you know, this year kind of, uh, I believe, uh, you know, uh, affected some of, the, uh, some of the tree crops and, um, uh, you know, reduced the, the amount of trees that, that are available on the market. Uh, over mm. here, they, uh, they, they just, they come and collect them. Uh, I'm not entirely sure what happens uh, with them afterwards, but uh, you're supposed to, you know, put your Christmas tree out on a particular, uh, on a couple of weekends. Uh, you're supposed to put them out and, and uh, the government, you know, the municipality comes and picks them up, uh, you know, from in front of your house. And, um, uh, but, but I'm not, I'm not entirely sure what what happens to them afterwards, but, uh, you know, I I used to get artificial trees when I was in Turkey, uh, because, you know, it was really hard (laughs) to find, um, uh, you know, natural Christmas trees anywhere. Uh, So, so we used to get, uh, you know, artificial ones but uh, but it, it just doesn't feel the same doesn't uh, doesn't smell the same oh man uh, come know, on it, yeah. they're
1: getting so good at i mean there are some amazing artificial trees uh, now I don't know I don't know i
2: mean you about... get you get the balsam firs you know over here and you can't oh, sure. them and, and they, they they have this incredible oh, for sure. uh sweetness to them it's uh it's just it's a whole it's a whole other ball game
1: yeah, I, I just thought that artificial trees are better for nature, but I, I learned that I was ignorant about it. So now I feel a little bit better about potentially getting a real one, uh, which also smells better. So I'll give that
0: too. <laughs> There's just so much to learn about this. Um, of course. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's I think it's, I mean, I'm very curious because both of you have uh, children, uh, young children, and so do I, and we are raising them in the west and we all come from muslim homes except you know um kareem your your wife is uh christian so you have you know both religions uh like so how do you manage to kind of so basically my first question is do your children believe that santa claus is real or not (laughs) I don't
1: know. You should ask them. I have no idea. I mean, obviously they asked me, I mean, there was a Santa Claus who came to my child's daycare last week and um, there was, and they have very fun memories of a Santa coming on a fire truck last year in the neighborhood. And they asked me about it and I will definitely take them out when a Santa comes on that truck um, because it's, it's fun. I can't, I mean, I have three kids and you know one they're six years old four years old and seven months old so the one the the older ones are now asking me questions about you know god and all those um things and we're delving into more philosophical conversations so um i mean they will i mean this is how i see it before you before i answer but whether they believe in Santa or what they should believe i um and I know what I believed, and how it changes, obviously, when you're an adult. But if you can, if you ask me about Muslims celebrating Christmas as well. I think um it's important to add another thing and i know about this because it just happens that my husband wrote a book called islamic jesus and this is not a commercial this is just me saying why i know more about this topic (laughs) in particular and that is that you know there are different questions about there are some questions called you know should muslims celebrate christmas and then there is also question what should muslims do on christmas and there are different variations that could give you different answers but if you really think even about religion about christianity and islam with this particular holiday reference in mind, if you think about Jesus, well, Mary and Jesus are there in Muslim holy book in the Quran. I mean, Jesus, I think is mentioned 25 times. And, and there is even a book called The Christmas and the Quran by Carl Joseph Kuchel And there are people who have uh, compared Christian gospels like Matthew and Luke and surahs in the Quran, specifically surahs 3 and 19. And there are absolutely aspects of the christmas story um, and within christianity and islam and both things that two religions agree upon and that they don't agree upon so for example you can think about you know the context of how both the quran and the bible concurred that nothing is impossible for god if you think about the immaculate conception the creation of jesus out of nothing in the quran we read that you know when he has ordained something he says he only says be and it is in surah three 47 just like in luke it says for with god nothing will be impossible and moreover unlike muhammad prophet muhammad uh, and all the other prophets who are named in the quran jesus does not have an earthly father you have in the surah four you know in the quran jesus is called a spirit from him which shows how jesus has unique status of having been brought to life by God's will. And of course, that's where our differences come to play as well. We Muslims and Christians see Jesus differently. And uh, the doctrine of Trinity, I mean, the father of Jesus was God the father. But for us Muslims, Jesus is a human. He's our respected prophet, messenger, he's son of Mary. And the Quran even calls him word of God, which uh, he used, which the Quran uh, uses for nobody else. Uh, and, and, and Jesus is assigned to all men from Surah 19. But while Christians see the uniqueness being the son of God, Muslims believe that Jesus's divine origins just confirm uh, God's greatness. You know, it's not son of God, but, you know, he's the spirit of God, He's presented as one prophet among many. But again, despite that, of course, a very important difference, there are other things that two religions can agree upon. And, and that is, for example, that you have um, – Surah 19, in in which it says that he or God did not make me domineering and graceless. Jesus is God's messenger who is presented as the champion of the poor and the needy. He's the embodiment of God's peace on earth. And of course, in New Testament, we see Jesus's miracles um, and wonders and signs. He, again, becomes a sign to all men, like as it's stated in the Quran. So there are differences, but there are also things that we could agree upon as Christians and Muslims in terms of committing both to peace and finding this inspiration from Jesus, albeit retaining and understanding the differences. And there is a space to appreciate the birthday of Jesus, um, you know, for us Muslims as well. Uh, But the conversations take different directions, you know, in terms of what to do on Christmas. And of of course, it also depends whom you ask. I've, you know, read uh, some fatwas or opinions that you should not uh, exchange gifts with Christians, that you should not hang out with them. There is, of course, a wide spectrum of Muslims. There is 1.9 billion of us, and. and of course, I am among those who think you shouldn't prescribe other Muslims what to do. Karim just had a, an article about a, a completely different context in our magazine about the about Mo Salah and, you know, the controversy and the place of religion in public life as well. But, you know, it depends who you ask and what do you choose as an individual um, and, You know, there is an imam in Canada, actually, um, and he is um, Dr. Shabir Ali, and he's uh, popular or he... um, post videos on YouTube under the name The Quran Speaks. And he said, well, we can do things during Christmas season that are Muslim things to do because we believe in Jesus and we believe in having fun that is decent and halal. And he said, we can also talk about our belief um, in Jesus uh, in Islam. We can invite friends. We can use this opportunity to understand each other better. You know, And that's what I think often gets um, becomes a missed opportunity to understand each other better and learn about each other.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Because I mean, I grew up in England and I do remember when I was young, um, I so desperately wanted to celebrate Christmas because everyone around me was celebrating Christmas. And I think I was the only um I was the only Muslim in my school at the time. Um and when I brought it up to my parents, I was like, I, I really want a Christmas tree. They were like, No, we, we are not gonna get a Christmas tree, you know, this. Um, You know, we're originally from Egypt and uh, we're a Muslim family and we don't celebrate Christmas. And I just couldn't understand at that age. I think I was eight years old at the time. I just could not understand why I couldn't be involved um, in this celebration. And I just, uh, you know, now obviously I understand and I understand they didn't want to, uh, they kind of, you know, where they were coming from. Uh, But raising kids in the West, I to be honest, I let my children believe in Santa Claus, I let them have a tree, I let them partake in these celebrations at school, because I just don't want them to feel left out. But at the same time, I do let them celebrate Eid. And, you know, I do explain to them all those things. I mean, I mean, I know eventually, I'm going to have to have that conversation with them to tell them that, you know, Santa Claus isn't real. Um, just like when I told them that, the tooth fairy isn't real and um, I mean it came out as an accident I kind of explained to them that I'm the tooth fairy in our family and um, but only for our family and each family has a designated parent who or guardian who is the tooth fairy for that particular family but I do find that I can use it as leverage to kind of make them work harder knowing that something's coming up and, you know, they they might be rewarded for doing well and doing good deeds. And I just, I find it very difficult for them to kind of take away that from them from their childhood, it, particularly after the year that we had last year, where they could not partake in a lot of things. They were doing schools at home and so on. So, yeah, so I'm always curious to know from other parents, um, who come from similar background from as me, what they're doing with their children. Because I do, I do worry sometimes that I'm kind of setting myself up for something that is gonna be a bit difficult to explain to them later on, you know. Well, we're not Christian, but we did celebrate Christmas, but mostly the commercial aspect of it. So that's that's pretty much why I was asking you both. So um if your children believe in Santa Claus, I was trying to get at, you know do you allow your children to kind of like partake in these celebrations so so it's it's quite it's quite interesting Uh, so Karim, what about you because you know you you, well uh, as you said before i'm not sure actually if you said it or i said it uh, but basically your wife is christian and you're muslim so um you have uh, a son so how do you how do you manage that
2: yeah, so so he's he's a little bit uh, too young to uh, to to tell him uh, you know whether uh, to, to really spoil the belief that <laughs> Santa's not real. Um, he's, uh, he's he's not three yet, so uh, so he he believes that Santa Claus exists. But I don't I'm not entirely sure what he perceives him as, uh, because you know in, at, at his daycare you know they they participate in in decorating Christmas trees and writing letters for Santa. Um, uh, you know, they, they do some, uh, some dress up, uh, you know, that sort of thing. And, and, and he is aware of something called Santa Claus that, uh, may bring him presents, uh, <laughs> this okay, year. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: <laughs> so, so, so he's vaguely aware of him. I, I'm not sure he fully grasps the, the, the importance and the uh, and cultural importance and value of Santa Claus, uh, right at this uh, stage. Um, but, but look, I mean, the, the. The reality is, there's this. Um, uh, and sorry to delve, you know, very briefly into the the faith uh, uh, aspect again, but you know, uh, there's there's a verse in the Quran uh, that says, uh kunta uh, you know, which means that essentially, if you were uh, if you were you know a, a, a terrible person, um, you know, someone who was uh, who was rude, who was abrasive, um, uh, you know, then and it's directed at the Prophet. Uh, You know, that if if you had been abrasive and hateful, uh, that nobody would stick around, you know, and listen to your message. Um, And, um, you know, and and so this is how I think of, of religious conservatives who... Um, you know, who make a big fuss about the idea of celebrating Christmas, the idea of celebrating holidays with uh, with other faiths and and other traditions. Um, you know, I, I genuinely believe that that this kind of hatred and and this kind of rejection of the other, you know, has no place in in the faith. Um, now, you know, the reality is that. When you're when you are part of a, a multi-faith household and and you know i don't want to oversell the idea that you know i'm a, uh, i'm someone who's you know practices on a on a regular basis um uh, you know but the reality is we do come from different faith traditions and um uh, but but this is how societies are that's how people are uh you know uh, i lived in lebanon for a few years as a correspondent and You know, we um, uh, the joke is that, you know, there's an official holiday in Lebanon for basically every uh, religious holiday because of, uh, you know, the the fact that, uh, you know, all the sects must be treated equally, you know, and so uh, you get holidays for, uh, you know, uh, Shia religious festivals, for Sunni religious festivals, for Christian religious festivals. Um, you know, and, and the reality is that that's just the fabric of our society. You know, it doesn't. Um, nobody, nobody is. Uh, nobody grows up with a singular cultural influence, um, and it doesn't make sense uh, for a child who's uh, you know part of a, a household where the parents are from different uh, cultural and religious traditions. Um, you know, to basically you know give primacy to one or the other. Um, what they are, you know, and who they decide to become as they grow up will be, you know, something that is influenced by myriad cultural traditions um, and uh, uh, and issues <laughs> that we introduce into his life, um, you know, but also, you know, who he interacts with as a person, you know, who he determines to be, uh, you know, uh, important aspects of his formative experience. Um, and we're not all simple beings you know belonging to one homogeneous uh, tradition you know we're all you know uh, our, our sum is is great, you know our uh, our sum is greater than all the individual parts and uh, and so i think it's really important for him to be you know raised in um uh, you know in a place that respects all the different cultural traditions and backgrounds of his family uh, and of uh, the different members of his household um, and to learn from them and to you know become uh, something more uh, than any individual tradition. Uh, so, so I'm really happy for him to be celebrating Christmas, for him to be celebrating Easter, for him to be celebrating Eid and, and Ramadan, uh, you know, Shem el in Egypt, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, but, uh, you know uh, Indigenous Reconciliation Day in Canada. Um, you know, it's important for him to be part of all of this because he's, he is part of all of it. And he's not just one individual Um, element of
0: it I'm finding it that recently there's a lot more people celebrating Christmas even in the Middle East I mean you do have 30 to 40 percent of Lebanon who are Christians and you have maybe between 5 and 15 percent in Egypt who are Christians so you you do have Christian populations across the Middle East Um, but have you both noticed that there's To a degree, some acceptance to celebrating Christmas, um, particularly of all the holidays, of all the religious holidays, Um, it do feel like it's more so more, more acceptable recently, or it's seen as more commercial rather than religious, or am I seeing it only?
1: Well, I think Karim can definitely speak more about the the Middle East. I can just say what I have been noticing uh, while I lived in Turkey. And that was that, you know, for I mean, in, in essence, a lot of these conversations usually come down to or the way that they're presented is kind of in an argument that this is if there's a fear of supposedly losing identity in our faith. And to me, I mean, again, personally, it. I think that it does not make me less Muslim if I partook and if I enjoyed other uh, person's religious or cultural occasion. Uh, but that is, uh, you know, a personal journey and um, of soul searching and spiritual grounding and how much one has confidence of what uh, would break my faith or not. But I do know that in Turkey, for example, um, you know, hardcore uh, religious conservatives were feared of increasing secularization in Turkey in general, but there's data that shows basically that not much can be done about it. I mean, you can make a state more religious, but that doesn't mean that, you know, the society would necessarily become more religious. And and I totally remember that there were a lot of, um, you know, celebrations um, uh, in, in a different way. Again, um, a lot of times it is uh, conflated and there is a there's a lot of uh, discussions about commercialization and how that then impacts Eid and and, and consumerism. So, um, I mean, Karim can definitely speak more about the actual celebrations in the Middle East, but I think that the conversations around these um, topics uh, usually uh, kind of go around, uh, well, the idea of fear of losing faith and identity. And to me personally, um, that just means that you know, it always comes down to the conversations about why would one be insecure to think that, um, you know, celebrating this when it has a religious basis for commonality as well would take away from my Muslimness, so to speak. So, Kareem, I don't know what you notice in the Middle East specifically.
2: Yeah. So, so I would I would agree with you that there there are more um, in the you know in the form of at least overt celebrations um, and and an attempt you know by a lot of countries in the region at least through their governments, uh, to give the sense that, you know, we, uh, we believe in, in, uh, you know, coexistence. Um, we believe in, in, um, uh, you know, celebrating all of these traditions, uh, particularly, you know, in countries where, uh, this was a problem in the past. Um, uh, you know, it's, uh, but, but I, I do think that with, with these more overt celebrations, you do get a bit of a reaction, you know, you do get a little bit of a, a reaction from from people who, you know, fear that their culture is being subsumed by, uh, you know, um, uh, by, by a broader sort of international cultural movement and, and things like that. I mean, over the past year, it's it's been a little bit um, uh, of a back and forth in terms of how, uh, you know, how much things have improved in this ability to, uh, you know, to talk about, uh, you know, different traditions and to celebrate them. Uh, you know, we, we wrote this this week um, uh, last week. I'm not sure when when the podcast is going gonna, is gonna to be coming out, but, uh, you know, we were recently about a controversy um, in, um, uh, you know, in Egypt, uh, because of the comments by a couple of footballers, uh, you know, about uh, about religious traditions. Um, and, uh, you know, and we, you know, we've also seen over the past year, uh, a couple of instances in which, uh, you know, people have been coming out uh, on social media in particular, you know, to protest against. What they see as you know overt concessions to um to western traditions and things like that um there was a controversy uh somewhat recently um uh, you know uh, over uh, the the passing away of, uh, of the egyptian author uh you know noel Sadewi, uh with people coming out and saying you know uh, oh you should not be expressing, uh, you know, condolences or, or wishing her family well, or praying for her, you know, for mercy for her, because, um, you know, she's she's not considered, uh, uh, you know, a Muslim. Uh, so, you know, you do get these sorts of reactions uh, to, uh, you know, to perceive changes in, you know, the Overton window of which what's acceptable to talk about, um, and. Um, and in whether we celebrate new or old traditions in in various different ways, uh, so I don't think it's sort of a clear path forward. I think it's great that there are overt celebrations in places where you did not have them in the past. Um, you know, I know in Lebanon, for example, we always had um, uh, you know a gigantic Christmas tree in the middle of uh, Martyr Square uh, in the downtown every year, um, and it's right across uh, from from the largest mosque in Beirut, uh, uh, you know, uh, Masjid al Amin. Uh, and, and it, you know, it's it's obviously a, a um, you know, somewhat, uh, maybe some people perceive it as a shallow representation of coexistence because, you know, Lebanon has its problems, obviously. Uh, but, you know, I always found the symbolism to be something really important as well and, and something worth uh, celebrating and worth, um, uh, you know, being happy about uh, so so i think i think we're you know we, we've got sort of movement in both directions and we're being pulled in both directions um and uh, and we'll see how it pans out ultimately
0: yeah I, I agree with both of you to be honest um especially Riada, when you said some uh that you know celebrating it doesn't really take away from your uh religion or how religious you are um which is very true honestly i mean sometimes when I try to get my children excited about Eid or Ramadan and so on, I always wonder why, you know, religious conservatives don't channel that energy of protesting, you know, other Muslims or communities celebrating Christmas and, you know, and actually go out and find ways to make Eid celebration and Ramadan celebrations for Muslims in the West um, more exciting and, kind of a little bit more magical for the children um because you definitely see see a lot more easy you know it's a lot easier to kind of celebrate Christmas with your children because you know there's songs and movies and uh there's a whole industry behind it whereas you know when you try to come out and celebrate and get them excited about Eid and Ramadan it's slim pickings you don't really um have much to get to decorate the house or even to kind of you know instill this feeling that you know there's a you know a magical seasons upon us right now so yeah i just there's a lot of energy there and if they channel that towards getting people more excited about and ramadan maybe that will be a bit better and better use of their time um but, but you're you
1: know. you're making a really i mean you're making a, um an interesting point there um and there was actually even an article a couple of years ago which was uh, arguing i think about uh, why muslims should celebrate quote unquote moderate uh, commercialization of eid and it was kind of arguing that kind of what you said basically that uh, you know there uh, there it might not be bad if there were some special eid campaigns for all sorts of products and celebrations for ramadan um within the within the limits of of kind of uh, pushing towards excessive consumerism but I mean, Muslim communities, again, are so diverse within every country and around the world. Um, there is a lot of Islamophobia and, and different challenges that different Muslim communities deal uh, in the West and in the East. Um, so there is that um, different sense um, of fear. I mean, I know that a lot of people and a lot of parents are scared about, um, you know, teaching their kids about um islam a lot of people very fervently then go to the other extreme it's difficult to find a balance that's what i'm saying and how to you know uh teach your kids about uh, your religion and then to be aware of the anti-muslim bias around you and i definitely see the differences now that i live in a country where um i'm a minority and compared to you know um living in a country where Muslims are a majority, uh, a majority, um, like in Turkey, and and then a completely different experience in Bosnia where religion, you know, is so important in all sorts of ways. And to me, again, personally, it comes down to um, respect, respecting others, uh, wanting, you know, demanding the same respect, but really understanding that there are differences that one should be aware of and um, finding commonalities as well. And that is not something that is you know, against any religion. I mean, specifically, for example, at this time of the year, I think a lot about charity. Uh, You know, I see a lot of all the time uh, web, I mean, links or articles about, oh, you should donate to this charity, you should donate to this charity. And I I keep thinking, well, charity is very important in every religion, right? It's important in Islam, it's important in Judaism, and for everybody, even if you're not a religious person. So why don't we get together around this idea if we you know talk about christmas and peace and um we can talk about the idea of donating and and actually i did research there are a lot of uh, muslim organizations quote-unquote that do a lot of charity on christmas day um specifically in my vicinity as well and i am aware a a lot about a lot of interfaith organizations that between christians and jews and muslims who get together um, and uh, you know on this day and talk about both their differences and what, you know, they can celebrate together. It sounds cliche, but it's really not. These these connections are important. And I think that breaking barriers happens through this context when we get to know each other better, when we are open-minded
0: and open-hearted. That is a good point. Okay. On that note, I did prepare some questions that I wanted to ask you both and kind of see how much you know about Christmas around the world. Oh my God. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay, good. Karim is totally going to win this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I really doubted.
0: So, okay. True or false? Saudi Arabia is home to the biggest Christmas tree in the world.
1: Oh, man.
2: That's tricky. I mean... it has got to be false, right?
0: But then that might be tricky. So, uh, I mean, I'll say no. You're both right. It's uh,
2: actually
1: the
0: UAE the palace, which has the biggest Christmas tree. Wow. Okay. Yeah. and that costs 11.4 million dollars true or false canada is the biggest exporter of christmas trees
2: i think that's true
0: yeah Riyadh, what do you think i'll go with a yes okay false it's actually denmark oh
2: do they even have the space to make that many christmas trees <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs>
0: apparently 90 percent you know of their christmas trees are exported to other european nations Wow. Including um, England, France, Germany, Australia. So also no, no I know
2: where to where to go in business in Canada.
0: Exactly. Okay. True or false. On Christmas Eve, children in France put their shoes under the Christmas tree.
1: I'll go with the true, but this was gonna be a total guess. And then you'll tell us if why do they do it? I don't know, Karim.
2: Um so I, I believe that it is a tradition. Um I'm I'm not entirely sure if it's on Christmas Eve itself. But I uh but I do know that it's a tradition in some parts of the world.
0: Yes, it is true. So you both got it right. What do they do it for? That's a good question. We should google. Maybe that. they put presents. They do there is presents that come in. Okay. I actually learned that when I was studying French in school in England. Um we were taught to put our shoes under the tree and then we had chocolates.
2: Is it on Christmas Eve itself or is it on a different day?
0: I do think it's on Christmas Eve, but I'm not okay. sure. But also, if you're on the naughty list, then you'll get a bundle of twigs with ribbons on it. Okay, so true or false, Santa Claus is 500 years old?
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> years is older than that. I think. Uh, I think <laughs> Myra, like the town, was. I think it was quite a bit of time before that.
1: I hesitated because there is a whole process of how Santa came to be as an inspiration from St. Nicholas. So obviously, St. Nicholas lived like much earlier. But I mean, I think Santa Claus was invented, quote, unquote, in 19th century. I think in in the mid 1800s, it became brought by the Dutch immigrants to the US. I mean, I don't want to give listeners the wrong idea, but I think that's why I hesitated. Santa and Saint Nicholas, it's not the same thing. So I think it's definitely more than 500 years.
0: And Karim, you said it's more? You think it's more?
2: Uh, Well, it depends on, on, on whether the question is about whether he was invented or not. I mean, Saint Nicholas existed, I think, like f- earlier yeah. than five hundred years. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the tradition is is obviously a lot more recent, but I but I do, yeah. if I remember correctly, it was longer than five hundred years ago.
0: Yes, you're both correct. So he is actually a thousand seven hundred and forty one years old.
2: There we go. This
0: year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he. I, I do remember born. this from the
2: story that the, from the story yeah. that I did at the time because it, it was a much earlier tradition than five hundred years ago
0: yeah he was born in modern day Turkey in two hundred eighty a d you're actually both doing pretty well, and I'm hoping you both are not googling the answers we no,
1: know. otherwise, but I would totally google Jews <laughs> in France for sure now I'm curious
0: <laughs> okay, so can you name three Christmas trees around the world that would be the most expensive Christmas trees?
2: oh i i I don't even I don't even have an idea oh, one
0: just one at least. I think I I told you one earlier.
2: Yeah, you mean, I mean well, the countries or the kinds of trees
0: out, oh. hmm. like actual Christmas trees.
2: You no, mean like I, the I, kind
1: of
0: wood? You mean the kind of tree or the place where they are? Or <laughs> what? I'm, I'm guessing because they're um quite huge and you know quite well decorated and lots of lights and they just were. Um, I don't know. I don't know how maybe, you. Maybe maybe one of them of is
2: history. maybe one of the one of them is the one in in Madison Square Garden or something.
0: Um, I do not see it on my list. <laughs> but that would, have been, <laughs> well, that would have
2: been a good one. Well, if, it's not, if it's not on Ola's list, it's
0: <laughs> not on my list. It's not on my good list. Uh, but okay, I'll, I'll put you both out of your misery. So, uh, we mentioned the Emirates Palace one. Um, also, there's one in Hong Kong which has Sylvoski's crystals i think it's made of glass. it's estimated to be upwards of 1.8 1.8 8 million dollars
2: yeah uh, that hasn't been stolen yet
0: i don't think so not all that i've heard of and there's one in washington dc Capitol, which riyadh i was hoping you would guess <laughs> which is around one million dollars wow. did you know that no
2: i i feel like those like those trees are just not in the spirit of christmas but then, no. But the, well, it's so so expensive, right? But then again, maybe I mean we do spend uh, a, a million an ungodly amount of money on <laughs> on pretty much everything else around Christmas. So so perhaps uh, perhaps it's not that out of uh, the ordinary after all.
0: Yeah,
1: and That's, there are and, people. Yeah, who are changing their traditions in terms of gift giving as well, from what I've noticed in the last couple of years, um, especially after the pandemics, I, I think, I mean, not after the pandemic, but after the lockdown, let me say it's not over Um, in terms of how people decide to just not give gifts, but in the way that they just, you know, change the way they spend money in general and what we invest in and how much maybe, um, you know, just being together or Again, as I mentioned, charity, I I definitely think that is a nice trend, if you ask me personally, about rethinking
0: the gift giving. Um, It's interesting. And I'll tell you also the second most expensive Christmas tree is um, one, it's a Disney gold Christmas tree, which is around $4.27 million. That's a lot lot of of dollars. dollars. That's that's a lot of dollars. (laughs) And uh, I just uh, looked up what it looks like. I'm just actually gonna. Oh, so it's mostly about how these trees are decorated. Uh, I just put a link to it on in the chat. Which, um, if you're listening to us, I'll I'll try to include a picture of it uh, in the description, so you'll get to see these Christmas trees. Uh, On that note, though. I think, uh, I think we need to wrap this up, uh, no pun intended. And um, if there's anyone out there who's still listening to us, I thank you. You can catch up with our latest stories at newlinesmag.com. And we'll also be sending out a special Christmas newsletter uh, written by Kareem. Uh, so look out for that. And uh, keeping with my email tradition of sending the New Lines team my worst jokes, I'll leave you with this. Who is Santa Claus's favorite singer? Kareem, Riada, do you want to guess?
2: First? I, I don't want to spoil the punchline.
0: Oh, no, me neither. It's Elvis Presley.
2: Uh,
0: oh, <laughs> it's so wonderful, isn't it? <laughs> okay, uh, one more. Happy one more.
2: holidays, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly. All right, I'll stop now. All right, thank you all for joining us.
2: Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.